Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Are you ready to manifest incredible love? Not just love, but healthy, meaningful, aligned love. Hi, I'm Alia Lovely, the host of Chart Topping Podcast, Spiritual Shit. And I'm Shirin Eskandani, coach and founder of Wholehearted Coaching. We've both manifested amazing partnerships and want to show you how to do that in your own life by unlocking your energy and mindset. So we've created Manifest Them, the online course to call in your soulmate. With over six hours of content, worksheets, bonus meditations, and breathwork exercises, this course will show you exactly how to shift your beliefs and frequency to manifest your equal and capable partner. This course will not only teach you how to call on your soulmate, but also how to nurture a loving, healthy relationship. If you're interested in finding love or finding out more about how to manifest, head over to manifestthem.com. Open the door, love, and step into the partnership you've always desired. Hello, 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 everyone. I, hey, what's going on? I almost went into my normal. I hope everyone had a wonderful week. I'm trying to change it up. Uh, I do hope you had a wonderful week and I'm curious about how your week has gone because there is just something in the energy <laughs> this week, at least for me, that has felt like there is just this massive change coming. And I'm really unsure about what that means. And so I've been having some, you, you know, that like anticipatory energy that you feel when you are kind of anxious or feeling some urgency of some sort. And I'm feeling a host of very creative energy around me that wants to, wants to create, you know, like I, I want to do something and I almost want to do something new. And so I've come up with a couple of business ideas this week and started checking out stuff. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll add this. And then at the same time, spirit saying, calm down. <laughs> you have so much you're already doing on your plate and maybe you need to really streamline your focus. And I don't know if this is retrograde energy or not trying to show me that uh, I, I get really excited about new things and um, I, I start to taper off when things don't feel as new. And so I don't devote as much energy to those things. But either way, it, it even got me into this little debacle this week where um, I have been very much feeling the energy of Kauai calling me and a lot of um, interest around Lumeria and, and some of those things. And I don't know why and I don't know what it means yet. And so I'm, I'm starting to dig in and do some research. But I, I even bought tickets this week for a whole family to go 
And, you know, 24 hours later, having this pit in my stomach and saying, it's not the time to go. It's weird. The calling is there, but it's not the time to go. So very practically going back and saying, okay, I need to cancel this trip um, that I just booked and feeling the relief behind that and actually listening to my intuition there and my intuition versus my urgency or energy about excitement uh, or having excitement towards something that I know is coming, but recognizing that the timing is off. Um, so that's interesting. So it actually really wraps in well with what we're talking about today, which is practical intuition. And we have Laura Day on the show who I'm, I'm, I love her. <laughs> we hit it off uh, right away. We had such a good time and I'm sure we'll do some future projects together. But, um, you know, we're going to talk about intuition and how to follow it in a very practical way and what that means. And we'll even get into some kind of like future telling things, which is kind of cool because I don't normally align with a uh, future more so because I'm uncomfortable with it. I'm uncomfortable with, um, you know, predictions because I don't want to be wrong. Um, but she has a really cool way to, to speak about that. And, and so we'll get into that later, but, um, I got to see a, a lot of you guys yesterday in our spirituality and business workshop through Patreon. It was so good to see you guys. And, um, I saw some new faces as well as some repeat faces, and it's just always great to have direct community with your community. So I'm so glad, uh, that uh, you guys got to participate. Um, there is two more days of eligibility to see that workshop. If you're interested, if you want to go to patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah and become a $10 member, you'll have access to that workshop for two more days. Um, and then next month we're going to have a workshop. I'm not sure yet what it is. So what I would love is if you are a Patreon member already, um, to comment on, uh, my latest posts on some ideas of what you think that we should do. Uh, for our next workshop. And if you have some ideas, uh, go ahead and DM me as well. Um, I've gotten a host of some really good input from people who have heard the show and then um, DM'd me there. So, and if Patreon is not your thing, you can always go to spiritualshitschool.com uh, to see the rest of our workshops. Um, I've been bad at uploading them, so there are going to be some new ones on there this week. And then start to look for some new tiers that we're going to have available um, coming in the next, uh, in the new month of November, um, where we're going to do some moon circles and stuff like that. I've talked about that already. So all those fun things over at Patreon, as well as the behind the scenes of this interview and, and every interview that I have, um, where we continue the podcast and the conversation over there. So Anyway, uh, I just think that this is going to be a wonderful energy this week to focus on your intuition and look deeper into who you are and how you feel and how you're utilizing your energies, whether you feel scattered um, or, you know, something Laura said, and you'll hear in this interview, and I wrote it down, is that energy is infinite, attention is not. And it really hit home for me because that meaning that like energy can go on and on and on for eons, but our attention cannot. And so while we may have, um, you know, the ability to be able to throw our energy in many different ways, our attention can only handle the capacity of that energy, um, for a, a limited amount of space or time. So 
let's get very clear about what we'd like to focus on this week in our energy and our intuition. And that segues into this week's episode. So let's get into that now. Laura Day, best-selling author and world-renowned intuitive and healer, has spent three decades helping individuals and organizations and brands using their innate intuitive abilities to create profound changes in their paths to success. Her work centers on the demystification of intuition, demonstrating its practical, verifiable uses in the field of business, science, medicine, and personal growth. Day has released six groundbreaking books, including Practical Intuition and How to Rule the World from Your Couch, which both topped the New York Times bestseller list. She has trained thousands of people around the world, including scientists, celebrities, business executives representing Fortune 500 companies, and other professionals who she's helped to realize their goals while creating supportive and inspiring communities. She's continued to grow her community and enlighten her students, speaking regularly both domestic and abroad on social media and has made numerous television appearances on CNN, Good Morning America, The Rachel Ray Show, The View, The Oprah Winfrey Show, and many more. She has glowing testimonials from Chris Rock, Nicole Kidman, Jennifer Anderson, Brad Pitt, Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dwyer, and Demi Moore, just to name a few. So please welcome Laura Day to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely, and today we have Miss. Laura Day. Uh, we're very excited because she has rubbed elbows with some of the, the I would say, American royalty, if you will. <laughs> say hi to everybody. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. You wrote an incredible number of books on intuition and the ability to, for people to be able to tap into those parts of themselves that in some ways seem very magical to us in our world, but you have made very practical and accessible for everybody, uh, which we really appreciate here on this show. But before we get into talking about practical intuition, precognition, telepathy, all of those fun things, can you give us a brief summary about, you know, kind of your history? You've been in the game for quite some time. Um, and you're not like some, some, you know, early psychic, like you have some roots in the game, which I really appreciate, especially on this show. Um, so if you can give us some insight about like, you know, how you grew up, how you came to know that you were an intuitive and how you got to be who you are today. Sure. Well, um, I grew up in a very, uh, a brutally abusive household. And I think that that's true of many people who later develop extraordinary gifts because they have to, to survive. I have two siblings who've suicided in the last seven years. My mother was a suicide. And, um, and very uh, early on, I think that in order to survive, I was the eldest in order to survive. And also we were four children living alone most of the time. Oddly enough, in a very, in a fairly wealthy environment, um, so nobody paid attention because, of course, no one in a nice, nice house is ever abused. But we were alone. We we literally had a separate apartment. Uh, you know, we were five, four, three, and newborn. And um, and I um, I very early on, when I needed something, there was a part of my cognition that would show me in a language I could understand, which you know, at five or six or seven is not very sophisticated, what I needed to do. 
I think we tend to magicalize intuition. It wasn't a guardian angel. There were no wings involved. Um, it, it was literally a directive that showed me, showed me what was coming up, showed me how to function at a pay grade that I just, you know, wasn't up to yet at that age. So I, I, you know, grew up, I was a math and science nerd. I went to a school called Stuyvesant in New York City, which is all math and science. Uh, graduating was the least days attended in the hundred year history of the school, because of course there was way too much going on in my life to go to school or, you know, go to movies or have an adolescent social life. Um, and um, in my early twenties, I think it was about 21, I saw something synchronistically, you know, everything's interconnected. I saw something on TV about research that was being done on these abilities that I thought everybody had. I thought everybody saw the future. I thought everyone could hear other people think. I thought other, everyone could feel other people's pain. I thought everyone could view remote locations. I had absolutely no idea that I was even more of a weirdo than I thought I was by just like not having socks in winter. So I, I um, you know, with the ovaries of a 21 year old, I called one of these places and I, I said, you know, I can do what you're talking about. So I went in and this is all in the forward and practical intuition, which um, was kindly written for me 30 years ago, probably. I went in and they started now there's a word for it, mansplaining. This is the way it works and blah, 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 and da, da, da. And I said, put a name in an envelope. I, I don't even know how that came to me. I'd never done that, but put a name in an envelope. So one of the researchers put a name in an, uh, an envelope and I said, seal it. So I held the envelope and I described these two people. And there were two people and, and there was only supposed to be one name. I described their medical conditions, their life, their what I saw happening in their future. And the, uh, the man, Dr. Del Rosa was his name, was baffled. And it, it, he said, well, I put my name in the envelope, but I don't understand who this other person is. And then he went like this and he said, oh my goodness, he put his first name and his best friend also had the same first name and was an artist. And so, so what happened was a bunch of different, you know, research programs and journalists and et cetera, et cetera, all started passing me around. And once again, you know, I'm in my early 20s. I don't have any, I mean, I've really been battered for a lifetime. I don't have any particular, you know, things that I think are wow about me. And all of a sudden, these very, you know, learned people are interested in me, which was very, very healing. And um, so I trained my ability through being tested. I did not um, want to be known for this because, you know, being a child, you know, of abuse and abuse is full of secrets. Um, I, I didn't want to be known for this, but one of the experiments was televised without my permission. And I had oh, really following. Well, I was a kid. Nobody cares what, you know, nobody respects the boundaries of young people, mm. you know, and, um, 
And I had this instant following. And just in order to protect myself, I stayed away. And this is the early 80s. So most of you weren't born yet. Um, in order to protect myself, I only worked with medical research, pharmaceutical companies, a lot of politics, um, business. I worked with things where I was either right or I was wrong, but there was no conjecture because with spirituality, part of it is belief is a beautiful thing, but how do you prove it? Yeah. So I really focused on what could be, uh, what could be proven. And I built, you know, that was now 40 years ago. And I, uh, I built a career around that. And then um, when I had my son and simultaneously left my husband, uh, who I'd met when I was 16, so very ill-prepared for the world, um, I, I thought, oh my goodness, how am I gonna support this, this, this creature who I love more than life? And I was in a place called Play Space, which are these indoor pl pre uh, playgrounds. I don't think they exist anymore, but my yeah, son, Play Place. They do. Okay. So, well, and I was, you know, watching my, I don't know, nine month old eat sand. And a mother sat down next to me, you know, over juice boxes. And she said, Oh, what are you writing? And I said, You know, this is a process that I teach. Um, to professors and I think maybe it's going to work for me and I'm kind of in trouble right now so I'm using it on myself and she said let me look and I said no nah, you couldn't even read my handwriting I she said no let me see it and and I did I think I just you know that wonderful way women share their pain yeah. I think I needed to uh to have witness and she read it and she said you have a book here and I said no I don't because at that point I was feeling like the most, you know, impotent piece of, you know what. Mm -hmm. um, and um, she said, no, I am a top book agent. <laughs> of a book. And a month later, she sold a book for one of the highest prices ever for a first time complete unknown author. And back in the day, there weren't books about intuition. There were books about spirituality and channeling and all these other things, but not about the brain's ability to move in a verifiable way, in a way that you can actually verify in time and space or into another person. And my first book, in great part because of Demi Moore and Oprah, was a instant New York Times bestseller. And the second and third book made me enough money to put my son in private school and buy back my apartment. And so I'm finishing my seventh book now. And my, my, um, my dream, uh, which I'm living now, is, uh, is to train people to use intuition in their practices, in their lives, to train intuitive business people, intuitive doctors, intuitive body workers, because it is a gift we all have, but to do it in a way that can be verified because we're served so much that we're supposed to believe. And spirituality is a multi-billion dollar industry, but people really need help with the nuts and bolts of just living their life. You know, there's wow. so much to life. So that is, uh, that is in a nutshell. So now I work for a couple companies uh, that I've worked for for more than 30 years. And the rest of my time, I train intuitives and I teach, which I, which I really love. I love it. Well, 
first of all, thank you for sharing uh, even the more challenging parts of your background. Um, I know that for a lot of people that we've talked to on the show have experienced very traumatic backgrounds as well and end up having these extraordinary gifts in some way or another. So I love that you spoke to that. Um, What's really interesting and what I love about what it is that you teach is the, the practicality and the evidential type of intuition that shows up in order to connect the dots in your own life and how to utilize that. Um, We talk a ton about intuition on the show. I myself am an intuitive, um, more so in the sense of like intuitive planning, I would say for myself, um, being able to come up with some things. And then I've had uh, a lot of uh, precognition type of dreams, telepathy with my partner, things like that. I would love to get into talking about trajectory, uh, versus, uh, precognition and, or, um, you know, kind of future telling events, because when we talk about intuition, loads and loads of people are looking for readings that are going to tell them and give them an answer about their future. And for myself, I do not have the ability to tell someone's future. I can always tell trajectory and energy. I absolutely have the ability. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) Our first fight. Everyone has that ability. I train. I train bankers to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely have that ability, but okay. Well, I, I, I will say this. Expression of your doubts. Yes. Well, I will say this. I don't have the confidence to think that uh, I'll be able to, to make the right quote unquote prediction for somebody. I know that I do it in my own life constantly. And with my partner, for instance, I had a dream about him before I met him. And then when I, when I saw him, I was like, that's the guy we already knew. Uh, the baby came in the world the same way. It was, it was a very, like, I already had an idea before it had happened kind of thing. Um, but in my own readings, I don't feel the comfort with that. So I would love to talk about how, first of all, how intuition comes to you, because that was a process you probably had to sort through yourself and being able to define, wait a minute, everybody doesn't have this. How is this coming to me? And then how are you able to teach others to be able to tap into that? Oh my goodness. You've asked so many questions. I know. <laughs> that was such an incredibly rich, an incredibly rich dialogue. First of all, everybody's precognitive. I mean, I go into banks and teach people who do mostly suits, who do not believe in intuition, but who want to get ahead in their job or in the financial markets, how to, how to predict. Mm. Everyone can predict. What you do is the hardest thing, which is to do it for yourself. Because when you get information for yourself, you don't really know, is it my imagination? Is it my fear? Is it my hope? Is it my patterning? Is it something I saw on TV last night? Is it something I ate? You (laughs) don't know. Whereas when a complete stranger comes up to you and says, you know, four years ago, you began a manuscript that you haven't finished yet. Uh, There's a reason that you put it aside because it was much more visual at the time and that blah, 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 you know, uh, and you say, oh yeah, that's absolutely true, you know? Um, And, or they get a, the, they, prediction is actually the hardest thing I train my students to do, not because it's hard to get prediction, but because our feedback loop is I say something and you acknowledge it. But with prediction, you don't have confirmation until it happens. So that's really the hardest, I think, skill not to do, but to, to, feel, um, to feel comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, you know, the, um, I didn't really develop my intuition. I, um, I have the trifecta of intuitives. I have 
an abusive childhood, which I, unlike my siblings, survived. I have ADHD. So there's that, that thing that keeps our attention in doesn't function in my brain. I have a defective brain for everything but intuition. You know, I can't do a puzzle. Um, you know, and mild seizures. So, you know, yeah. so anything that, um, it, it's funny how um, microdosing is becoming a big thing because yeah. in a sense, microdosing loosens up. I'm not recommending it. So please don't hear that as this, but because you're, all, you're intuitive anyway, you don't need to microdose or have a head injury or ADHD or be abused to be intuitive but it does loosen up our cognition. Now, the thing about prediction that I, one reason I love reading for companies is I'm reading for people who are already experts in their field. Because the reality of prediction is that you can with a very high degree of accuracy and detail predict the future. Hmm. But what that really means is that people feel disempowered to make changes in the present. Because the only reason to predict the future is to create a better future. And that's something that in my groups, I teach people to do. I teach people to do for companies, for individuals. And I teach people to do in community because community, of course, is the strongest gift we have. And the thing in the material world that most represents spirit which spirit I really think of, I think a little bit more like a scientist as it's just the unified field. Right. You know? and, and we are all such an important and unique part of it. And the hard part is not becoming more spiritual. The hard part is doing the human stuff well. So readings I think can be incredibly empowering because they do give you the map of the most likely scenario, but, but a good reading also says, aha, you have an intersection here. Mm. Or if you can look at this this way, or if you can employ this tool, then here is the likely outcome. It, it increases options. So my, my biggest public you know, uh, success was predicting the 2008 credit crunch. Uh -huh. um, I did that publicly by mistake because I try never to predict things like that, except for billion dollar funds that know what they're doing better than I do, because God forbid, you know, some pensioner invests on my advice. I'm not qualified, but I, I did that by accident and it became a big, wow, she predicted it, you know, months before it happened and I sold everything. And, but you know, I couldn't change what was going to happen, but I could change where I was in reference to it. And we have a lot of options in life that we don't, that we really don't employ also because we magicalize, you know, I can, let's talk I mean, about that because there was something I heard on a podcast and I laughed because you said you don't like the word manifest. Yes. And I was giggling. Cause I was like, we use that word a lot over here. In fact, one of my courses is called manifest them, but I love what you said. It was like, well, we magicalized it because it's just about getting something done, doing something. Can you speak to something happen. I manifest an ice cube by putting water in my freezer. <laughs> so, so maybe your workshop would rename it, make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> you know, I think that just like um, people speak a lot about embodiment and there, there's an embodiment conference. 
What is embodiment? It just means be in this point in space time. What are you smelling, tasting, hearing, feeling, seeing, thinking? Who's in your body? Because by the way, we are all, the problem isn't that we're not intuitive enough. It's that we're so intuitive that we can't find us within us. Mm -hmm. You know, so many different telepathic dialogues we're having, so many different people who are a little bit in us, so many different time zones where our attention is going. I mean, just as you're listening, I bet you've been in your childhood, a little bit in your future, a fear, someone else you're thinking of, an argument or love dialogue you're having. We're so rarely just fully present in the moment. And yet, in this moment, you can re-describe the past in a way that's empowering for you now, and you can do something different to change the future. So mindfulness means just be in your body and manifestation just means do stuff to make things happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, something I, I don't think I've stressed enough on this show and something that you brought up is one, we have this kind of, um, you know, trajectory, many, many options that can kind of uh, come to fruition in our life and many different things that we're able to kind of like point our attention to something that you said was, is that if we can become in full embodiment, like if we can be fully present, we can be fully in our body. Um, at least this is what I gleaned from you paraphrasing, but that we can get the messages clearly. And I think that what's happening often, especially for myself, I know, and I know a lot of the clients that I work with is that they are so inundated with all of the other things that are happening on the outside, their fears, um, their possible trajectory outcomes, the other, other stuff that they're, they're, they're concerned about or want to happen or whatever, that they are not home when the message gets there. And so I always liken that analogy to like, um, you know, the UPS man is coming and knock on your door, but you're not home. So you're not getting the message. <laughs> um, so can you talk a little bit more about, uh, or tips even about how people can become more embodied in order to be in a present state that they're able to receive those messages and uh, delineate whether or not that's themselves talking versus their intuition. Somebody who is intuitive, who is aware they're intuitive, but is very careful because they're, they're not sure that they hit their targets that is somebody who I refer people to because the number one thing you need from anybody in your life is, in, is integrity mm -hmm. and is, is the desire for that person to do the best for you. And I think that in the spiritual self-help world, there's a lot of Guhu Maharaji boo-boos and they're superstars and they're fabulous and they're, but that is not empowering. What's empowering is what you did, which is I've manifested, I've created these things in my life that I'm sharing. And I am, I am unsure about them. I am rigorous about looking at them. And that is, you know, my, my students always say, well, well, I, I feel nervous. I, I'm not sure I feel good enough. I feel nervous about doing a reading. I say, good. You should always be nervous when you are holding someone else's well-being in your hand. The day you're not nervous, do something else. Mm. Um, so I wrote, I wrote a book called The Circle, and it's the fourth of my six books. 
And, and it really, it is the process. But first of all, you're getting intuition all of the time. But, but part of the problem is a lot of it isn't useful to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, figuring that, you know, feeling that there's an earthquake somewhere you can't do anything about it isn't useful. You know, um, I don't watch the news, but I look for charities I can donate to or that I can be part of or that I can post. Um, it has to be once you once you put a filter on and say, is this useful? Is this dialogue useful? Is this information useful? Is this feeling useful? All of a sudden you're already more embodied because you're screening out some of the useless information, intuition and emotion that you get. Also, you know, one of the things I do is to go into people and, and experience them the way they experience themselves. The degree of cruelty and self-doubt that most people apply to themselves is, and I include myself in this, it's mind boggling. Mm -hmm. So a really important question is, how do I make myself comfortable now? It doesn't mean I ignore that I'm doing something wrong that I need to correct or apologize for or remedy, but how do I empower myself to be able to be comfortable enough in myself, in my body, in this moment to, to function? And I think that that, that is something that we really, we really neglect. And that's that has a lot of levels. I mean, it's, um, is my blood sugar okay? Am I, am I having stinking thinking? I robbed that phrase, I don't know where it's from. But you know, am I beating myself like a baby seal in my own head? Am I having a telepathic dialogue that is dishonoring or abusive to me in some way? Am I, am I allowing new damage? You know, that person who calls you and you pick up the phone and you always feel worse, mm. don't pick up the phone. So really, the first thing to be able to be embodied is realize that just as you would with your child or even your hypothetical child or something you love, take care of yourself on every possible level that you can. And then you're more able to be in your body. Also, you can't fix your future in the future. You can only fix your future now. Mm. And the past it, you know, it's much easier for me to predict the future accurately than to read someone's past accurately. Hmm. Because the past is translated by point of view and by someone's own language and experience where the future is just data. Yeah. And so in the present, you have these interesting receptors. So when you make yourself comfortable enough to function in the present, what happens is you have these receptors all over you. If there's something you need to attend to in the future, you notice it and you have enough wingspan to do something about it. If there's something in the past, a pattern, an experience, a belief that, that needs to be investigated for you to function well, it also has the room to become apparent. And you, because you are a pretty, complex and able being are able to address it, but it starts with your own 
comfort. And it also starts with really writing down what is your, what's your goal? You know, what is it? What is the life you are building? And the more that you can first imagine it, and imagination you can only do from what you already know, not intuitive imagination, other side of the spectrum, but first imagine it and then allow in the moment the experience of it, all of a sudden you will notice that that synchronicity happens, you know, and, and also don't the uh, my other piece of advice that I don't want to um forget is is this may be a horrible moment. I'm 62 years old. I have ruined my life more times than I can tell you. I mean, ruined it, you know, Google me, ruined my life more times than I can tell you and always risen higher. Mm -hmm. And remember that this moment is this moment. The next moment, it could very well be your miracle. On many levels, you choose that by the things that I just spoke about. Wow. You, I don't know if you know how potent that was to me today. <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, I love that what you said about um, you can't fix your future from the future. You can only fix it from the present. And, and that being a very serious thing for a lot of people because they're not being present with themselves. They're always constantly worrying about their future from a future perspective. If I do this, then this will happen and then this will happen or whatever. And we live from our fears instead of living from what, what's real or what's happening currently in the present. But also, instead of doing practical things. So I spoke to a young woman who's in her early thirties and she's obsessing about not being able to have a child. Mm. I said, go to your gynecologist ask him to do a simple blood test and you will find out about your fertility. Stop worrying because the worrying is distracting you from doing something practical. And then you make the decision. Do I freeze my eggs? Do I freeze zygots? Do I decide I don't want children? Do I adopt? Do I go out and, you know, have a martini and get pregnant? You know, what <laughs> What, what, you know, what do I want to practically do about this? I mean, that's what I mean by magicalizing. And often we get stuck in the future because we feel so overwhelmed by our present that in a way, even the fearful future is a safer place because the present actually takes energy. You have to go to the doctor and get your FSH taken and face, oh, wow my fertility is diminishing. Now, practically, what am I going to do about it instead of losing an opportunity? Mm -hmm. and, and, and having to act, and, and believe me, I am so guilty of this. I tend to go into my la la, my, my husband calls it my happy place. But, um, you know, dealing with real life, you know, even fun stuff, it's, it, it takes initiating uh, effort, and it takes looking at reality, but reality is the foundation of magic. Mm. You know, there's so many memes I'm going to make after this interview that <laughs> like can post. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a very big one. You said something in one of your other interviews I was listening to that being human is a hard job and us looking at touched you listen to one of my interviews by the I way I listened to several. Uh, I do extensive research on all of my guests. Um, but I'm impressed. Thank you. Um, but to go through and, and hear um, kind of, 
you know, why intuition is important and a very, I like the idea of practical application for intuition to make our life easier. And sometimes people think intuition is this very lofty thing out here for us to predict the future or for us to hear from our long lost aunt Betty or somebody, but it's more for us to be able to ease lubricate even our life uh, to some degree. And something you said, and I may get this wrong, but essentially it's not about getting it right all the time, but it's like you, you make your odds better basically. Right. Yes. And intuition, you know, when you apply intuition practically, what is the casting director looking for? You have that in your closet. You have that in your memory, you know, uh, what is, you know, what, what is going to, um, what's going to make you happy today? Uh, what, how do you like telepathy? Set, one of the things I train hard with people is sending effective telepathy mm. because we tend, to, we tend to send angry or worrying or fearful or needy telepathy instead of mastering it and sending effective telepathy. Can you explain what telepathy is for people who might not know? Okay. So telepathy is mind-to-mind -mind communication. Think of, a, for example, an argument you had in your head with someone today. That's happening in real time, and there are ways to prove it. Um, there, one of the very first filmed experiments was at Mamamadi's Medical Center in the 50s on telepathy, dream telepathy. Someone would go to sleep uh, uh, looking at an image, dream an image, and a awake person they'd never met in a separate, probably lead-lined room would draw the image. So we are always communicating in real time with one another. But a lot of those arguments, just like a lot of the other arguments, like, do you really have to argue with a person who's taking too much room up on the train? You know, a lot of those arguments are taking up space. And energy is infinite, but attention is not. And every place, every person you put your attention on, you are giving up something else. And, and I think for me, um, when I work with students, because in, in a strange way, I'd, I didn't know anything but intuition. So my students teach me about being an alive person. And one of the things that, that for me is, is the strongest is that you can only fear or imagine from the past, from your patterns, from what you know. Whereas when you set another word I hate is intention, but when you have intentionality, when you set a target and you persevere, intuition pushes you. Intuition isn't some light little thing. It smacks you in the direction of your goal and of the obstacles. You know, everyone wants reassurance all the time. A reading shouldn't be about reassurance. You know, why is a penny heads up a sign that you're going to have good luck and the 20 other bad things that happened to you that morning are not a sign that maybe you need to do a little reality check. <laughs> so everything in your life is, is a sign and you are creating it all of the time, but, but you are creating it. And by the way, none of us are, are creating it alone. My house on a Monday looks like, 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 FEMA overpopulated FEMA housing after a hurricane. I mean, there are, I am incapable of ordering. So of organizing, I, I it is a, a brain ability I do not have, although I can cook for 30 and on an hour's notice. <laughs> you know, we all, we all have abilities, but we all need to ask 
for help. And I, um, you know, you were talking about how great my my publicist is, Luna Entertainment, CJ. I don't, I'm an introvert and I live in this very odd space. And I hand over, I say to other people, this is what I want to do. I want to teach. I'm giving this to you. Please put this in the world. I couldn't do it. I can barely start up a conversation on a park bench, <laughs> let alone put myself into the world. And, and so, you know, we also all think we're all looking at what we don't do well instead of saying, oh, wow, okay, I can do some pretty kick-ass things. I can do a healing. I can heat water at a distance by thinking about it. I can teach people to do miraculous things. I can predict the future with some degree of accuracy. I can have a dialogue with, a, I can do all these things. And yes, two blocks from my house because my brain is damaged, I get lost because I, there are things I don't know how to do. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how to reach out in anything but my own weird language. Mm -hmm. And some of those things people have helped me develop um, during my lifetime. And some of those things, let's hope there's a next lifetime to develop them because that's <laughs> not really gonna happen for me. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, does, it does speak to how we, how we look at our attention and how we have, we have limited attention, but we have plentiful energy. Um, I know for myself, that is something that like, I'm, I'm so focused on so many things that the overwhelm, I have the, the unique ability to be able to multitask insane amounts of information. But um, what I really start to drop the ball on it, then is relationships. Um, being able to connect my relationships. I forget about a text message. I forget about a phone call. I forget about this because I'm so focused on all the other moving parts in my life and so on. And so when it, then it comes to intuition, when we are living in that space of our, our fears, or our day-to-day -day life, or having to cook for 30 or, you know, whatever the thing is that comes in, it's, it's hard for us to be present enough to have the wherewithal to take that information in and know what to do with it. And so I find that that's a very interesting point for a lot of people who are looking to enhance their intuition in, in any kind of way um, to look at what you're focusing at. If you're taking up that energy with those telepathic conversations of like, I should have said this and I should have told her off and told her to smack that, you know, and no, it's you like, are telling her off. You are telling her off. <laughs> and she is hearing you. But is that productive? Right. I mean, does the person who cut me off on the highway really deserve to have my conversation for an hour and a half? Mm -hmm. I'd rather be, you know, speaking to um, my next best friend mm -hmm. or my husband who's, you know, on a plane back, coming back from Colorado, visiting his 96 year old father who is completely with it and fabulous. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, we, we really, you know, we really have to, um, have to, to realize that we're empowered to make a lot of conscious decisions, but those decisions also um, begin with being present in the moment and saying, okay, am I comfortable enough to do this? I mean, just looking at you, and I have a rule, if I ever say anything that's too personal, someone just holds up their hand and I shut up. But like- oh, no, look, tell, tell me all the things. <laughs> So looking at you, other than that you're young, I can understand why 
sometimes things are a little overwhelming or get complicated because you're super conscientious. You don't actually have to be that conscientious. And what I would say to a student in a workshop like you is you're already good. So stop worrying so much about doing good. You are not going to do bad, you're already good. And I think that we all do that uh, to, to, to some degree, not, it's not for everybody, is it conscientiousness? Um, I'm a perfectionist, for some people it's perfectionism. It's like, does it really matter if I make a mistake? Does it really matter if I wear two different colored shoes? You know, <laughs> you know, really matter if my pillows aren't at the, I mean, does that really matter? Mm. And I think that, that we are flooded and people are flooded all the time with intuitive information. One of the most powerful things you can do is actually say, okay, once I begin to be a little more mindful, a little more present, I know what my being me feels like. Mm. Who's in me who's not, who doesn't belong there? Right. And a lot of the time you'll say, oh, wow, my mom's in me. Okay. I love her. I can, she's in me and she's worrying. I'm going to call her for a second, but I'm going to get her out of me because it's ruining my day. And how do I do that? By being even more present. I tell my students just, you know, really like, <laughs> Be in your body, feel the ground, feel your body, taste your mouth, smell the room, look around. Hey, you're here. Mm. You're here right now. And this is, you know, this is where it all is. Also, the dialogues. Who am I talking to? Do I need to be talking to them? Um, and and really, um, really rerouting that to a dial. I, I always uh, tell people, choose dialogues you want to have with yeah. your, your partner who you want to share a life with, but you haven't met yet mm -hmm. um, with your best friend who makes you giggle in your head, you know, um, with a friend who's having surgery, who, you know, might need your support, but can't answer the phone, like have productive conversations. Um, the other thing is, is remote viewing. You know, we all actually uh, remote view. So we see a location we're not at an astral travel, we actually yeah. are with our senses in a location we're not at all of the time. Yeah. And, and so, and it's actually very hard to just be in this point in space time, in this place, in this body, in this moment. And so, you know, once you're conscious that one of the great things about training all of these intuitive abilities is that you all, you also notice where there's leakage Mm -hmm. and where you're overly porous and it's really interesting because you learn things like rage depression even obesity are communicable diseases mm. you know when my my husband's been away for a few days my husband is he loves to eat and um and i have lost five pounds since he's left because <laughs> i experience his hunger so I eat, but without him here, I don't actually experience hunger. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, some of those things that we feel from one another um, are helpful. When I had to take my math SATs, my brother was a math genius. Believe me, I let him be in me. 
That sounds very creepy, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so I, I used my mediumship to bring my brother Alexander in me as I answered these SAT questions, with, which otherwise I would have had trouble even reading and understanding. So we can, you know, we can use these abilities, but the first thing is to do intuitive flossing, you know, mm -hmm. get out of me. I'm not talking to you. I don't care if I started this dialogue or you did, but unless I know the end result and it's a good one, I am out of it, out of it. And by the way, you have to sometimes do that hundreds of times a day. Yeah. Like obsessing about someone. It's not like, oh, I take a deep breath and hold a crystal and I think I will not be. <laughs> no, your mind will go back, you redirect. Mind will go back, you redirect. It's that horrible D word. We all hate the D word, discipline. Oh, yeah. I hate the D word. I hate the D word. So <laughs> that D word anyway. Uh, <laughs> what's really interesting about this is this. Uh, so I experienced this constantly and I didn't, uh, it's actually something I'm bringing new awareness to this week. So your, your timing is impeccable here. Uh, we'll call it a synchronicity. Um, but the, that I have, I have my, my, the people who listen to the show in my ear. I have the energy of people I've spoken to or the readings that I've done um, later about their own conjectures about whether or not something is true or not, or if they should do this or that. Um, they later come to me and then it's like, oh, I, it's like I heard that conversation while I'm in readings. I can hear someone. Um, I asked the, at the end of my reading, I asked them to choose a card and then they choose a number. And I was like, is that the, that wasn't the first number that you chose, was it? And they're like, no, it wasn't. Oh man. And, you know, like being able to hear some of those things and have that dialogue with people uh, in, internally uh, as it's happening. But then also like, I love that you pointed out um, a different, we're in different spaces in time at the same time. It's happening all the same time. I'm a huge metaphysics nerd. And so being able to look at the way in our in a plan interplanetary systems or um even in our multiverse how a lot of those things can be layered and we can be having these experiences all at the same time so funny story um i was uh, laying in bed with my partner and um it was a particularly hot night or whatever and we have the the fan going and the fan makes this really awful creaky noise and we didn't happen to have the air conditioning unit on as well to drown out the fan noise in order to be cool enough in bed. And I'm sitting here going, God, we need to turn that air conditioner unit on because I can't stand the sound of the fan. And my partner just goes, uh-huh. And I hadn't communicated anything out loud. And he says, uh-huh. And I was like, you know, turn over in bed and I'm like, uh-huh, what? And he's like, we need to turn the air conditioner on. Now he's half asleep. And I'm like, how did you know that I said that? And he was like, you didn't say that out loud? And so we, as having, we've had many moments like that where we've communicated telepathically um, and having this conversation without, without words. So if someone is wanting to up uh, their, not even up their hearing, because I believe that people are having this constantly, but how do they focus and in uh, on the information that's valuable versus the information that's not? Well, first of all, I think it's so important, you know, people say, oh, you know, you shouldn't be driven and goal oriented, but yeah, you should be, you know, we're here. Mm. What do you want to create? Who do you want to elevate? What do you want? How do you want to use your voice? And it's really, I think, very, very important to have a, a goal. And that goal, of course, evolves with you. 
Because if you don't have a goal, what happens is you live through your patterns and you don't want to keep, even if you had a perfect childhood and perfect history, you don't want to recreate something because you evolve. Mm -hmm. So it, if you are not constantly saying, this is my, this is my goal, this is my vision, you, you are living your patterns. And that is not, that, that always ultimately leads to disaster. Now, when you keep your goals in your embodiment, and I call it actually embodiment, um, what happens is you have a natural filter. You say, is this person, is this food, is this fight, is this thought, is this feeling, is this gesture, is this reaction, is this part of my goal? Is this part of who I decide to be in the matrix of this moment? And, and it's really, um, I think, a way to live life that's also full of curiosity. And I would say if I have one downside as a human being, it's that I am incurious. I am, the joke about me is you stick me in a corner, you leave me there, you come back a month later and I'm sitting there perfectly happy in the same corner. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't, I, I am very not embodied. It makes me a very accurate intuitive because I'm always traveling in time and space and other people. It makes me kind of a remedial human, which I'm working on very hard. So in an odd way, what happens in my life is always a response to somebody else's uh, need or drive. Mm. Because I, I, although I've worked very hard in therapy, the I is not very well developed in me. Mm. And it's what my next book is about because the I is the lens through which you create in the material world. You know, I want, I see, I believe, I feel. I, and, um, and I think that, that uh, for people who, who have sounder brains than mine, um, it is very important to not limit yourself with your desires, mm. but to allow your receptors to notice possibilities that you haven't experienced before. And the, the um, example I often use is if you've never seen a door and you're walking down a hallway with doors and you're walking straight ahead because you've always walked straight ahead, you're not gonna know to stop and open a door. Mm. Whereas if you have a goal, my goal is to find my person. You may walk that straight because we are creatures of habit and all of a sudden you get the urge to turn that knob and push. That's an intuitive urge. Mm. And on the other side of that door, is your goal or a step toward your goal. So the goals are the lighthouse of the human spirit. And it's very, it's really important uh, to have them. And it's, it is um, not an intuitive function to have goals, actually. It's an intuitive function to just kind of spread out, like I forget who um, in Star Wars that big, creature was like job of the hut. Yeah. 
it's kind of job of the hoodie, you know, you have a lot of power, but you kind of sit like a blob exercising it. Um, it instead of bringing all of that together and moving out into the world. And by the way, the world is a mixed bag, but again, we can't choose everything because that would be too many places for our attention to go. But we do all inhabit a different world. Just like if there's six of you in a family, you all grew up with different parents. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is organized by your goals. So in the circle, the first step, the first demand I make of you is where are you going? You know, are you just taking a walk or is there somewhere you want to go? And the wonderful thing about having a goal isn't getting the goal. Because the minute you have a goal, guess what? You have another goal. Yeah. The wonderful thing about having a goal is how you transform the skills that belong to you, the experiences, the new parts of being that belong to you that are yours for the rest of your life. You will never struggle with that again once you master it, but you'll be struggling with something else. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, the insight on that. And I think that what's, what's really cool is that um, a lot of times when people are looking for intuition and they're looking for answers, you brought it very very practically that like, what do you want? What do you want to create in your life? What do you want to happen in your life? And thus, then we then create the attention span for it to be able to take that initiative, to be able to open that door and see where it is that we actually uh, would like to go. And so write down your predictions because one of the most empowering things, because the mind's a messy place, you'll lose them in that messy brain write them down. Something comes out of left field, write it down, make, dedicate one place on your, on your phone or in a journal for all of those things, put them on button, gum wrappers, then enter them into your journal. Because one of the things you'll do is you'll teach your subconscious that this is useful information right. and that you know. And there are two, I think two of the most beautiful things in life is knowing that we know ourselves and being seen and embraced by another, not just embraced, seen and embraced by another. And and just doing more of that in your daily life makes you a healer. Mm, That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for being on the show. We're going to head over to Patreon. I'm actually going to ask you what are some of the, the questions that you get most often from people. And we're going to talk a little bit about your celebrity experience because people want to hear about that. Um, but before we go, can you tell people where they can find you? So I actually, the intuitives I train who are really skilled do readings for free on Instagram on uh, Laura Day Intuit and uh, lauraday.com, L-A-U-R-A-D-A-Y. I have uh, lots of YouTubes with lessons. I do a lot of you know, free lives. Um, I've written six books that are workshops. So you can get one of the books, get six people together, and really you can train each other. And I also do a training, which I just finished. It was this weekend. Um, where I train people to be professional intuitives. Nice. I might need to take that. So, <laughs> well, down. what'd you say? 
I think you've got it down. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move over to Patreon guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to be a part of Patreon, go to patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah and we'll see you over there. Uh, but if not, I hope that you send this episode to someone you love and we will see you in the next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Aaliyah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.